Hey, and welcome to the Humanity Church Podcast. So excited that you're here. We hope that you enjoy this week's talk and it really connects to your life in a meaningful way. If you're live in the Pomona area, we would love to have you at one of our gatherings at 10 a.m. or at one of our humanity groups that meet all throughout the week all over the city. If you want more information about our community, you can go to www.humanitychurch.com or download our app on your phone on Apple or Android. If you like what you're hearing here and want to continue to support the ongoing work at Humanity, you can text the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977 and give back financially in just about 10 seconds. Hey, and here's this week's talk that was given live at our Sunday gathering at Humanity Church. Good morning. I'm Scott Lucas. I am a professional dragon slayer, unicorn acrobat, some might say. Um, can we do something a little different to start off? I want to pray, but would you guys want to do some Christian aerobics and stand with me real quick? So as I was, uh, there we go. Yeah, we're getting the blood flowing. That's good. Now, <clears throat> what I want you to do is if you have lost somebody this year, if you have lost somebody, just raise your hand like you've lost a loved one. Wow. I love it when God's moving. I'm getting emotional because when I was sitting right there, I was like, I've been thinking about the concios a lot because of Freddie and I lost my father-in-law in January and I just felt like God wanted to do something amazing. That's my son crying. He's just praising the Lord. Uh, <laughs> um, I feel like God wanted to do something incredibly amazing this morning and I just want to pray over that real quick. Not going to take too long, but I feel like Santa has a big old bag full of gifts I feel like God has a big old bag of gifts. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm serious, man. I feel like God's gonna do something amazing. So if you have not lost somebody, just extend your hand to somebody nearby because everybody else had their hand raised, right? So, (laughs) and just, I'm just gonna pray because in scripture, um, people accuse Jesus of of casting out demons with, with demons. And he was like, you can't do that. But if, if, if I step in and I bind up what, what, what was robbed, if I bind up the robber, then we can take back. Does that make sense? So I, I pray right now in Jesus' mighty name that there has been stuff lost. And so we just ask, Lord, would you just bind up the robber, whether that's grief, whether that's just downtroddenness, whether that's the enemy, we bind it up and we ask, Lord, return everything, everything that was lost over these people every bit of joy that was stolen, every bit of future that is unrecognized, everything that we viewed that we could not get, Lord, I pray you'd restore it. Love is returning. Love is restoring. That is what God wants to do. Katie said something similar from the stage this morning that God wants to stir something new in us. He wants to restore. And so God, just restore, bring back, bring back the things that were taken, bring back the things that were gone. And, and Lord, would you, just, would you just fill the void with joy and with peace and contentment and let us process and, and, and live in a space, Lord, where you are God. You are good. You will restore. You are faithful. In Jesus' mighty and holy and precious name, amen. Amen. Good job, everybody. Thank you. I'm, I'm proud of you guys. I just... I know it's unorthodox, but we're going to, you know, it's, (laughs) don't cry. (laughs) I'm crying too much. (laughs) Um, So it's the Christmas season, obviously. Um, 
you know, Santa is, is going to come. Unless you don't believe in Santa, then he's not. I don't know. Uh, we, tell Mark, we tell our kids it's just a fun game we play. We got that from uh, the Garcias. Um, <laughs> but I love this time of year. I don't know about you. I, I absolutely love Christmas. I, I am the guy that could listen to Christmas songs from January until January. You know what I mean? I love them. I love the plastic deer. I love the, I love the stupid lights. I, as Jim Gaffigan says, we, we cut a tree from outside and take it inside. We take lights from outside, staple them outside. You know, it sounds like the behavior of a drunk person, but that's, we're all there. Um, I love, I absolutely love it. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Thank you, Andy Williams. Um, but I grew up in a, in, in a place where it snowed during, so it was actually like wonderful. It, would, it was legit. So um, obviously, you know, spoiler alert, we're in a church, so it's not all about the, you know, the plastic reindeer. <laughs> we're, but we're, every time of year, I, what I also love, uh, aside from lights and things of that nature, I also love the story of Christmas, about Jesus coming as a baby. It, it fascinates me to no end every time I think about it, that God would literally take the form of an innocent baby and come to us. It, it blows my mind. One of my favorite things throughout the Christmas story is the, uh, the, the wise men or the magi or whatever you want to call them. And, um, it's, it's an interesting thing because they, uh, they're mentioned in the scripture and it never says that there's three of them, right? I just wanted to point that out. It never says there's three wise men. But I think because they brought like gold and frankincense and myrrh when they were making nativity scenes and stuff, they didn't want to have just like a fourth guy like looking wise, you know, like, you know, like, like I don't know, like, you know, that's, that's Joey. He's more of a wise guy, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> he looks after the camels. He's, he's very wise. Um, but sorry, I can't help myself with a lame joke. I just, but... <laughs> But it's a fascinating story, so I just want to jump right into this. We're going to read a big chunk of scripture. I'll try to read it with my best narrating voice, and, uh, and we'll go. So this is uh, Matthew chapter 2, um, right in the beginning. Um, so after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go, search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So now we've all heard this story. I, I mean, probably no matter what background you're from, you're probably familiar with the three wise men. If you've ever seen a nativity scene, even the inflatable ones have like the three wise men in there, you know. 
So, but I think it's worth considering what's happening here. To, like, for me, it struck me this year when I was thinking about what I was going to say today. It was just like, man, that's, there's something in there. So who are these guys? They're not Jewish. They're not of the, they're not of the tradition of, of God's people. They're Persian. So they're, they're coming from a different land of a totally different tradition. They're obviously influential, right? I mean, they, they, either they had an immediate audience with the king. Uh, the, king. Herod was a Roman king, by the way, over this area. Either they had immediate influence enough to where like word got to him real quick and then he called them or he, they were immediately brought in to see him. So think about that. The shepherds from last week, they ain't getting in there, right? You know, like, like th- this is not common. You couldn't just walk in there, okay? So it's kind of inferred, like they must have had influence. They must have been somewhat wealthy. They could travel on a minute's notice. They had gold and frankincense and myrrh. I don't know how much frankincense and myrrh were worth, but gold I think was still, you know, pretty good. In today it'd be like Bitcoin and, you know, I don't know. But um, they, um, they're men of peace. They're, they're, they're fundamentally, they're, their kind of tradition was one of... Um, uh, believing in just kind of a good and evil worldview. They, um, they had a, a they, they followed what they called the wise Lord. That was what they kind of, their God um, in their tradition. Okay, the word for them, magi, which is, I think is super cool because I like anime and I'm a nerd. But like, um, it, it comes from a Persian word called like magus, which referred to them as kind of priestly, or you can translate it as the wise, or you can translate it as simply the powerful. So it's just an interesting thing that these men are, are just, they're just in scripture, and it's just like, the magi came, and it's like, what does that even mean? You know, like, <laughs> it's like, it's such an interesting thing. Like, why would God call these guys? So what are they doing? They're obviously looking. They're looking at the sky, because they saw a star. I mean, maybe you got nothing else to do at night back in those days. I don't know. But they know immediately. They see a, the star and they're like, oh, the king of the Jews was born. It's like, you know, that's, that's really weird if you think about it. That's not just like, you know, you ate enough pizza and you're having a weird dream. Like, that's, that's, that's something. And back then, if you just think about what were the heavens back then, there was no GPS. There was, there was no other way to, to locate yourself, really. I think if you were totally lost in the desert, you probably had to wait until the sun went down so you could see the constellations, so you could find your way. So what is this? The men who are not of God's people are looking for a way, and a light appears to them. Come on, somebody. Like, do you think, do you think right now the world is wandering around looking for a way? Do you think all of us are going through two years of pandemic and we're all just like, this is exactly how I planned this would go. So they're also willing to journey and risk. So that could be more of a personal thing on them, but I mean, the Bible does this a lot. It's like, and then he traveled for 40 years and you're like, cool. <laughs> I wonder how many books he had to read to motivate himself every morning. You know? So... They obviously had to take, who knows how straight the path was. They had to stop and ask for directions once, right? They're like, hey, anybody know where the king of the Jews is? And they're like, who's that? And then they're like, oh, well, just, oh, there's the star again. And then they followed it. Okay, so they were willing to just keep going. The, the star led them as far as it needed to, right? Then they stop and figure it out, and then they keep going. So it's just interesting. Last, last week, you know, Nathan spoke of the shepherds as like the lowest of the low, right? Knowing what we now know about these guys, I'd say they're pretty influential and they're not Jewish. So what does that mean? 
Who's welcome to the birth of Christ? Nobody and everybody. Those with no influence and those with all the influence. Those with no wealth, those with so much wealth they can sacrifice some to lay at the feet of a baby who probably has no idea what's going on. Right? That's who's welcome to the birth of Christ. These are the people who God wanted to be there. They were seeking a light and their immediate response was to come and worship. In neither case, the shepherds or these guys is what I would call common, and nor are they similar. But I think when God calls people, it is through different means, but the welcome is the same. Okay? All of us in this room are being called right now. If you can hear my voice, you've been set up. You are, this is 100% a setup. We are after your heart here. There is no secret about that. Okay? Because Jesus is, is trying to call you to himself right now in this very minute. Now, what if the shepherds had heard about the Magi in the way that they were called? I doubt they would have ignored the angel, but they probably would have been like, I don't know, that's sus. Like, I think he's using stars these days. And like vice versa, what, you know, what if the Magi had like, oh, some angels appeared to these like random shepherds, like we're way cooler than the random shepherds. I bet he'll send an angel. That's probably just a twinkling star. You know, maybe it's a, a meteor or something. Who knows? You know, that's what I would have done for sure. <laughs> I would have found every excuse I could to find out why what was happening to me wasn't, you know, right. Maybe I'm just wrong. <laughs> but we're seeking, we're looking, we're, we're, we're hoping in, in the world right now. And I, I just want to pause for a second and realize that wherever you are, wherever we are in this moment, we are all looking for something. Whether you know Jesus, whether you've never met Jesus, whether you got dragged here, you're looking for something. And, and I've got really good news. There was a star over Bethlehem. There is a light over this place right now. God is calling you right now. You are welcome. You are welcome to come. Jesus said in, in Matthew, in chapter 5, verse 14, he said, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, and they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Hey, so... I don't know about you, but I feel like the culture is feeling around right now, staggering, willing to seek truth in any place, and half the time, it's somewhat satisfying because you might find an unworthy cause to follow for a while, and the other half of the time, it's immediately disappointing, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. But what does God say? He's not wanting to spend this time, or any time, bunkered down or confused by the turns we might have to take to get through this season, He's not confused. He's not, he's not unafraid to lead us how we need to be led. If it's an angel, if it's a star, yeah. if it's me starting by making you all stand up, <laughs> then, it's, then it is what it is. But our job is just to look, right? How many times are we stuck in that familiar place, right? Where we, I know how God moves. I know how, I know how to go through life. I'm content. I'm happy. I'm fine. I don't need anything else. That's a trap. Because as Nathan beautifully illustrated last week, that's common. That's common. That's not what God's up to. God's not up to keeping you common at all. Jesus is in the business of leading his people. He's not in the business of merely meeting our expectations. 
Let me try this side. Business, no. <laughs> what did the Magi do? They saw the light and glorified God. And they were of the world. That is what God is wanting us to be. That is what we are. We are a light, and it gives light to everybody in the house. Did you catch that part? It gives light to everybody in the house. Say that with me. Everybody in the house. Come on, yeah. I like the participation. I just need, my ego is that fragile. I need you, so. The star only took them so far, and they kept going. You understand that? How many times do we stop? Or how many times do we find an excuse? If I were back then and I were a Jewish man, for sure I would have been like, these guys are pagans. They don't know what they're talking about. Ignore them. God doesn't do that. I'm looking for God right here, reading the Torah. I don't see him. He's not showing up here. That's what I would have done 100%. And I'm probably doing that now in some way, right? Because I know God and the way I know God says he would never do that. I know God, and the way I know God says he would only do this. Is that right? Everybody has that in them. Don't want to point the finger. How many, how many times have you felt like you're on the right path? How many times have you felt like you're doing the right thing? And then the minute a barrier comes, you're like, eh, it probably wasn't God. It's like, oh, I feel like God's really... God wants me to start a new ministry. God wants me to do a new thing. And you're like, yeah. And then like two things go well and you're like, the favor of the Lord, baby. And then one thing goes wrong and you're like, eh, the whole thing was wrong. I must have, I had too much wine. I don't know what was happening, you know? It was crazy, sorry. Um, I don't drink that often. Um, <laughs> but that's what we do is that we, we, are, we connect with God enough to see the next few steps and then when they don't keep going in that straight line, we're like, huh, that's, I must have been wrong in the first place. But I think we can infer a little bit from this story that they, they followed a star and then they literally were like, where is he? And then they, they ask, they kind of spread the word. They go back outside and the star's like, this way, come on through. So why wouldn't God just take him right there? I have no answer for you. I really don't know. Scripture doesn't say but I think it's really significant that they kept trying. They kept wanting to follow. It even says they were overjoyed. Why would you be overjoyed unless you expected it not to be there? You walk outside, you're like, oh crap, we lost the star. Oh yeah, baby, there it is. God is still with us. We can still lay down our three gifts. We're gonna make it into that nativity scene. When really, when you hit those barriers, that's when God wants to do the miraculous. Would it be miraculous if you're like, hey, how's God doing for you? Well, he just made my life super easy. It took no faith at all. I just kept, he literally was moving everything out of my way. I did nothing. Yeah, he moved the Red Sea after they were being chased by Egyptians, right? It wasn't like, hey guys, come check this out. You know what? Keep eating your manna and your pheasants. Just keep coming. We're going to go. They were being chased to death. And God was like, I'll make a way. No problem. Why? Because you're with me. Right? How many of us would, would, would rather have Jesus just open up a path for us rather than going through the barrier? Because when we're together and we're all committed to following the light of Jesus, we're dangerous. Come on, we're dangerous. Why? Because nothing will stop 
the movement of God to bring his invitation to everyone, right? The shepherds, the magi, all welcome, all invited forever and always. But it takes risk. It takes, it's not a straight path. Like for me, this has been a crazy couple years. Just to sum it up real briefly, I, I had a business, left the business to give my business partner some room to run the business, took another job that almost killed me with stress, had to leave that job to come back because my business partner was killed with stress and left. That business was failing, the pandemic hit, lost the business, was in debt, had to pay tens of thousands of dollars out of my own pocket. That's where I sit right now. And guess what? I'm almost certain I followed the will of God that whole time because I was willing do you want me to take this job, Lord? Yes, okay. Immediately uncomfortable, stretching like you wouldn't believe, calling my wife every day, almost in tears. This is so stressful, I don't know what I'm doing here. I call Nathan, blessed Nathan says, you probably just gotta stick with it. <laughs> if, if it was God, you probably gotta stick with it. Great, I love that advice. Thank you so much, pastor. But I waited and I waited and I waited and it sucked and I, and I knew I was growing. I knew I was because I was learning skills and I was doing things. But then I felt so clearly when my business partner said he was tapping out, I could either let the business die then and stay in my job or I could go back. Prayed again, guess what I felt? I think it's time to go back. So I call Nathan again. Nathan, here's what I'm thinking. And last time you told me to stay, he's like, oh sure, if that's what God's telling you, like do it. And I'm like, gosh, why couldn't you say that the first time? But that's what I did. I followed that voice. Why would God lead me to a job for four months? I have no idea, but it was him. Here's what we need to say, people. I don't know how I got in this situation. I don't know how I got in this confusing part. I don't know how I hit this obstacle, but I know who's leading me out of it. It's Jesus. It's Jesus who's gonna lead me out, so I'm not worried. Come on, somebody. Like why can't, you know, I saw people during the season getting miraculous things opening up for them. Their life was going into just beautiful green pastures at this moment and I was just like, what have I done? <laughs> I have ruined two things. I've ruined a job, I've ruined a business. Woe is me. And so I would cry out to God, what is going on? Why can't, it, why can't I have a miraculous deliverance? Right, right. Do you know what I feel like God was saying? It's none of your business how I bless someone else. It's none of your business how I move in someone else's heart. There have been Sundays where I feel dead inside and everybody else is in tears, but I'm faithful. Lord, what are you doing in me? What, am I, what are you doing in me? There have been times where I'm the one jumping around and y'all look like you're at a funeral. Just saying. No judgment, a little judgment. So let me, let me read this. I'll paraphrase some of the parable and I'll read the end of it. The worker, uh, sorry, this is, uh, I have to paraphrase first. I just said that. Um, so Jesus is telling this parable about hiring workers and he hires different ones throughout different times of day to, do a, to work the rest of the day. So some he hires at like sunup at noon and like at five in the evening and he tells them, you know, come work for me until nighttime or whatever. So here's, it's picking up Matthew chapter 20, verse nine. We'll pick it up. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those who were hired first, they expected to receive more. 
Because these guys were hired at 5 p.m., you know what I'm saying? So they worked like an hour, like maybe half an hour. Maybe they just got dinner and that was, they didn't even do anything. But each one of them also only received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered them, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do, or don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? By the way, God's the landowner in the story. You got it? Okay, cool, got it, thank you. How many of you are looking at someone else who's getting their socks blessed off and instead of saying, amen, I agree, you're saying, why not me? You have to be willing to walk the path that God has for you. That is what, I, I knew there was something to the story for me this year and I really feel like this is for us. This is for us. We have to be willing to go with him. We have to be able to go with him. Because right now, our reward is him. That's what we're after. If you're after the destination, if you're after a smooth journey, you will be constantly disappointed. If you're after him, if you want to be so close to his feet that his robe is tickling your face, that's your reward. Because you will have Jesus and you will have joy overflowing and eternal pleasures are in his right hand. There is so much scripture about how good he is. One of my favorite song, psalms says, forget not his benefits. How silly is that? Hey, dum-dums, <laughs> you're forgetting how good God is. So that's our reward and we're forgetting it. Trust me, when I was in Marietta, by the way, I had two hours of commuting every day on that job. I was gone for 11 and a half hours a day. I thought, I was like, I'm gonna miss my kids. I was always feeling this way, always. But I always had to try to come back to a place of just, you are my reward. I don't know what's happening, but I want you to do something. Because when I find myself wanting to merely be rewarded for showing up in the way that I think God wants me to show up or the way I think God should move, I'm in the wrong spot. If you're here today and you're thinking, gosh, why isn't God moving? I wanna suggest that maybe that's religious. That's a religious thought. Religion is a recipe, right? Following God is a relationship. And relationships are sloppy. They're messy, but they're so fun. <laughs> they're so fun. I tell you, I've been married for 10 years. It's fun. It is not clean. <laughs> Especially if I'm working on my truck and I'm throwing tools and cussing. I mean, I don't cuss at all. Um, sorry, that's not the opinion of our sponsors. Um, I want to tell you, I think Katie left because our baby is crazy. I love him, but I wanted to brag on her for a second because when we were, um, when we first got married, we lived in a small apartment for four years. And the day we moved in, the landlord was like, if you have a baby, you gotta get out. It's a two occupancy limit because that's a fire code and a baby's a person. And I was like, that's a lame rule. Unless I'm in the carpool lane, then I'm like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so my wife, 
knew this, and she had a, a journal, and she would write prayers and stuff sometimes, and she just wrote, here's what she wrote. She wrote, like, I want a house, not an apartment. I want to, I want to have a backyard and a front yard for the dog. I want to feel safe walking around. Like, I want to, um, and I only want to pay 1400 bucks a month. And me being the man of great faith that I am was like, absolutely no way that's happening. <laughs> There's no, we're not getting any of that, especially not for that price. So long story short, we had just opened the brewery. There he is, I love you. Um, we had just opened the brewery and we had met someone through a friend of a friend who knew our landlord that we, you know, met. Said, I have this place, you know, it's, I want to rent to a business owner in Pomona. Awesome, we're your people. So I tell Katie about it. And I'm like, I think this, has, this is like on your list. But one other thing she said that I forgot to mention, I'll never live in Pomona. <laughs> she said that. And I was like, okay, cool. So then what did God do? He brought us this house. She went there on a garage sale weekend and met the tenants and said, hey, I'm thinking about renting this place. Said, Come on in, check it out. She looks around, she's like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. This house, there's a backyard, there's a front yard, the neighborhood looks awesome, but I'll never live in Pomona. That's weird. <laughs> then um, we ended up taking the house, of course. It was $14.50 a month. And I think that $50 was a tax on my own faith. But, <laughs> but she literally got everything on that list. We have, and, and not only that, that's what we were praying for, right? Do you know what God did? God introduced me to Nathan Neighbor because I lived in, and worked in Pomona. And that's how I became a member of this body of believers. And we had been searching for a church for years, two years, faithfully going to different churches, praying about where we should be. Nothing felt right. We walked into the glass house. I told Katie on the way in, this is probably not gonna work out, you know. I've, I've been to Mosaic before, you know. I don't know about it, you know. I walk in. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. I'm on the floor. I'm like, I love this place. This is where I belong. Let me get on that worship team. <laughs> so that's what God had in mind. We have, we have relationships that we formed with people in my neighborhood that are permanent friends. Our children have friends in my neighborhood. I know the name of almost every person on my street. We give each other sugar. It literally happened two days ago. Someone's like, do you have some sugar? And I'm like, yes, we do. Of course we have sugar, neighbor. Come on over and get it. So God spoke to Magi and a star. He, spoke, he speaks with an angel to the shepherds. He speaks through a list to my wife. How does he speak to me? I don't know, but it could offend you. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. It could offend you. Yes. And it's none of your business. It's none of your business how he, how he calls me to himself. Am I saying God's everything? Absolutely not. He is Jesus. He's the son of God of Nazareth. There's only one, okay? But he could use anything. And he will. He is, there's nothing above his use, Okay. And here's, here's what I've noticed. Maybe you can relate to this. This is what I have in my heart. There's two strategies I use to decide if something's God or not. Kill everything that, that could be a weed, even if I kill the flowers. Like I'm really good at grass, okay? This is in my belief system. Like I got grass. Let's kill all the flowers just in case we get a weed, right? That way, we know that what we allowed to grow is right, right? 
But at what cost? Every infinite other thing that God wants to do in your life. You'll get the grass. Anything else, off limits. If you're saying to God, I know you move here, but I don't know about that. You've just drawn a nice clear line where God's like, I can't bless you in in that area. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. What's the other strategy? Let everything grow, even if we nurture the weeds. What do you get? Flowers. You get a lot of stuff, but you also nurture lots and lots of lies about who you are, what you deserve, and whose you are, and who who God is. And what does that cost you? (sighs) Counseling, first of all. I mean... (laughs) What if instead we fixed our eyes on the magnificent, wonderful voice of Jesus and we allowed him, God, is this a weed or a flower? Did you give me seeds or bread? How foolish would I be to eat seeds that I could sow? And how silly would I be to plant bread in the ground and expect a flower? Maybe God just wants to bless you and have you enjoy it. Maybe he wants you to sacrifice Maybe you, you feel like God is calling you to sacrifice and someone else is eating bread. Are you gonna join in with the accuser and say, that guy's not following God? Or are you gonna join in with God and go, whatever thou say, whatever you want from me, Lord, I am willing and I am ready because I will weep with those who weep and I will rejoice with those who rejoice, but you are my shepherd. You are the one I follow. So, This final verse, this is powerful because this is what it's all about. John chapter 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Do you want to know his voice this morning? Do you want to follow that voice this morning? Because Jesus is offering you an opportunity right now in this room to hear his voice, to follow him, to say, God, I have looked in the direction of everything else. I am trying to find a star. I am trying to understand what is right and what is good and what is pure. Well, this is it. I am the unfortunate carrier of that message this morning. I mean, very fortunate. I didn't mean unfortunate. I'm happy to be here. That's what I meant. (laughs) Maybe unfortunate for you. Just kidding. Um, But that's what God is doing this morning. That's what he's always doing. Come, follow me. Come with me. What if instead of drawing that sharper line about what you feel comfortable with and what you feel safe about and what you're sure about and ignoring everything else, what if you became genuinely open to whatever God wanted to do this morning? What if instead of being concerned with what seems safe, you became obsessed with the consuming fire of following the radically dynamic voice of God? where he would take you through every obstacle that you need to go through, whether it's around, whether it's over, whether it's through, whether it's a grenade that needs to get exploded in front of you or a shovel that you need to dig. Either way, it could be the voice of God. 
And don't dismiss it because you're not used to that tool. And don't judge the other members of this body or people in your life that are just having the exact opposite experiences you are, but you feel like you're following the Lord. Trust in him because I know, I know that I know he is aware of every tear that you have shed. He sees all the secret things in your life and he is only storing up more and more treasure the more we are faithful. And it's not a, it's not a, a cash register. It's not a coin operated machine. That's just who he is. His nature is to notice and to reward and to give good gifts. He's way better than Santa at that, way better. He doesn't even need reindeer. He can come right into your heart right now. Sorry, I'm going from preaching to meddling. What if we risked? That's it, that's it. What if we just risked? I want you to stand with me again. Like I said, it's Christian aerobics. Put your hand on your heart. And I just want you to just take a second. Just open up your heart and quiet your mind for just a moment. We'll be out of here in time for, for lunch, I promise. Just quiet your heart for one second. Oh, Father, you're so good to us. Oh, Father, you're so good to us. Help us to know your voice, Lord. Help us to have the courage to lay down what we think is not you, Lord, when you are trying and screaming to move in our hearts in a new way. Help us not to say to the infinite God, encore. Help us to say, bring me the new, Lord. What are you doing in me? I pray over every heart in this room everyone who can hear my voice. If you don't know Jesus, now is your time and I just want you to pray something like this in your own words or you can use mine, there's no magic to it. Father God, Lord Jesus, I make you the king, I make you the leader, I make you the Lord. That I have failed in leading myself to any truth, Lord. You are alone, are good. I make you the Lord, I make you the one. Father, I pray for every heart in this room that you would do something new, that you would make us fearless. I pray for the attitude of fearlessness in the hearts of many, Lord, that we would become a force that is unstoppable for good, that when, when bad things enter, Lord, we know exactly what to do, surround, lift up, overcome, that we, that we support with, with the knowledge and full support of heaven that you alone are good and you are so, so eager to be with us on this journey, to lead us and to have us follow you. It gives you such joy, such joy. And I pray over those people again who have lost something this year. May this be the time we, we do something new where you lift us up, Lord, into your arms and you say, I am making something new. Uh, and, and let us be willing to follow him into that space. In the matchless, holy, mighty name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Humanity Church Podcast. We hope that this was a meaningful experience and we look forward to connecting again next week for another conversation around what it looks like to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope. 
Again, for more information about Humanity Church, you can visit us online at humanitychurch.com. And if you want to support the ongoing work here at Humanity Church, including this podcast, you can give online in about 10 seconds by texting the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977. Thanks and have an amazing week.